RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Oh, happy Friday to you. I want to create a jingle for the show that just says, welcome to Happy Friday. It's Duffified Live Day. Okay, I want to do that. I think we can do that. Jerry, we should definitely be able to do something like that. Because I do it every week and I sing a different tune, I think. Which could be fun. I don't know. I'm not the one who's listening. You guys are. So you tell me. Should we do a recording of Happy Friday or just keep doing it every single week? You guys can tweet me at Chef Bryduff and let me know exactly what you think. You can hashtag, uh, I don't know, create your own goddamn hashtag. I don't care what it is. We'll do something fun, though. All right. Let me know what you think. Should I keep doing a recording or keep doing it every single week? So Duffified Live this week. Uh, we're talking about the industry. As we like to do, we're talking about the hospitality industry. And in reality, we're talking about the human industry. We're talking about the fact that we need to treat our employees in the hospitality industry better. We have a responsibility. We have more employees and more and more restaurants in the and more hospitality outlets than we ever have anywhere. You talk about the fact there's 9,500, something like that, restaurants in Philadelphia. We're sharing employees. We're recycling. We're co-mingling, okay? If we just start to step back and take a couple of seconds and maybe even a couple pennies and start to change it up a little bit, be a little bit more uh, conscientious of the employees. They are not slaves. They are employees. They are not just working there for a dollar. They're working there to do something to better themselves as well. And I will tell you that if you take even the laziest of employees and you offer them an opportunity to gain information, that that dynamic will change. I always talk about the fact that I like to spend time with the employees. I like to go into a kitchen as a chef and I like to work with one employee every couple days for one hour. Put my phone down, put an apron on, make sure my jacket's buttoned up, make sure I've got a towel in there ready to rock and roll. And I stand next to these guys and I show them exactly what it is that I'm looking for. Because remember, I am the chef of the restaurant. Okay, it is my food that you are creating and that you are putting onto a plate that you are giving to a guest. I want to make sure and you should want to make sure that that food is as as consistent as possible. It's just that simple. Consistency is the key to success within this industry, boys and girls. If you're consistent with good service and quality food, there's zero opportunity for you to fail. Okay. Yeah. You got to market. Yeah. You got to get out there. You got to put some fun features up every now and then to gain the interest and regain the interest. But if you take care of your staff, they're going to take care of your employees. You give them that break. You give them that 25 cent raise. Ooh, excuse me. I, I, I haven't had a drink. We need, I haven't had any water yet. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to start taking better care of our employees. We need to engage with our employees more. We need to, to get them involved. It's not just about the dictatorship that we have within this industry. It's about leadership. It's about education. It's about teaching our staff how to do things. There are too many chefs out there right now who are holding information in about how to do something when you should be sharing it. 
I have seen way too many cooks in the bunch of years. I travel 100,000 miles a year, people. I am in and out of a restaurant sometimes five, six, seven times a week. I'm in different restaurants, whether it be in the kitchen or sitting in a restaurant. I'm out back, whatever it is. I'm looking around. I'm seeing the staff. Some of them have those big smiles on their face. Some of them have that scowl. Okay. Back of house. Take care of your kitchen guys, man. Kitchen guys and girls are super important. Without them, you're not selling food. How is it that we're treating them like shit? We're cutting them early. We're sending them home. You need to give somebody an an opportunity to know how much they're going to make on a weekly basis. They've got to be able to budget that finance. If I have a slow week because of the fact that it snowed, I've got to figure out a way how to keep my employees happy during that exact time. Maybe we throw a cleaning party one day. Bring your staff in. Give them a couple extra bucks because of the fact that we had to shut down because, look, it only happens a couple days a year in Philadelphia. I'm talking about across the country. We need to engage our employees and offer them an opportunity to have a quality of life at the same time. Who are you to put up a schedule on a Sunday night when you need to make sure that your staff is happy? You're not making them happy by putting a schedule up Sunday night. Imagine if I'm the closer and I put that schedule up at 11 o'clock and now I got to be back in for brunch on Monday morning or Saturday morning, Sunday morning, something like that. I had plans with my wife. We were going to go out to breakfast. Not that I'm married and not that I'm going out to breakfast. But what I'm saying is as an employee, I'm trying to lead a life as well. My life is not yours. So how are you posting a schedule on a Sunday night? That to me is immature, irresponsible, and unprofessional, okay? You need to give your staff an opportunity to figure out their lives. You don't know what goes on out there. They have kids. Some of these people are single moms and single dads who have to get daycare set up. If you're not not giving me an opportunity to put a schedule together where I can build my life around that, then who am I? Why am I going to work for you? I should go and work for somebody else. Maybe I'll go and leave the industry altogether and just go and do a nine to five because I know what my hours are. But if we take care of our employees in a very simple manner, schedules, putting them up. I love not having people close the same nights, Friday and Saturday. Because it gives them an opportunity to go out on a weekend night. I was an old school chef. I worked Tuesday through Saturday. Those were my days that I worked. I typically worked doubles every single day. Rarely was I home before 10 o'clock at night. Rarely was I home to put my children to bed. Rarely was I home to go out on a date with my ex-wife. Okay, maybe that's why I'm divorced. Who knows? Never figured that one out because that ship has sailed. But what I will tell you is that once I started to make adjustments like that to putting schedules up two weeks in advance or to having uh, one of my lead cooks close on a Friday night and be able to leave early on a Saturday and then reverse that for somebody else the next night. You closed last night. You don't have to close tonight or you didn't close last night. Now you get to, you know, you stay late tonight. These are the things that are important to an employee. It's not just about the money, everybody. Don't get me wrong. An extra quarter here and there isn't going to hurt you at an additional $10 a week on a 40 hour basis. It's not going to hurt you. Okay. And it's not really about the money a lot of times when it comes to these employees. Don't get me wrong. If you're paying minimum wage, you've got to be offering a little bit more. Make it an incentive for people to come and work for you. What else am I going to gain from you? I want to give you information. I want to give you a responsibility. I want to give you a pride. I want you to learn. I want you to engage with me on what it is. There was a great chef. I think he's in Sweden who stops at the end of every Saturday night and his entire staff cook meals for him dishes that are plated and put in front of him that that chef then gets to critique directly to you. 
give you his honest opinion about what's up with that dish. And guess what? Some of those dishes end up making it on the menu. There's a tremendous amount of pride that goes into that. And I think that we need to make that adjustment within our industry. It's really important that we start changing that because our industry is producing lazy workers who are pissed off to come into work because they're not getting anything out of it other than stress. Okay, why am I going to rush to you on a snow day when you want to open up, when you treat me like shit the other 364 days of that year, when you're putting a schedule up late or you're cutting my hours every single week that it comes down to it? It's not going to happen. Make the change, guys. So with all of that being said, my guest this week is somebody who's really important to me. Um, She's doing a pretty great thing. She owns a company, um, a a group called Cooks Who Care. Um, So ladies and gentlemen, do me a huge favor and welcome to Duffified Live, Chef Maria Campbell from Cooks Who Care. Well, Chef Maria Campbell, what's going on? Hey, so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. We've known each other for a while now. I know. It's been a couple of years when I was thinking about it. Yeah, it's been like, uh, probably six or seven years. Has it really been, I don't know. Oh, my God. Longer no. than that? Has it been that long? Oh I have no idea. I don't even time. know. <laughs> All I know is I have an 18-year-old daughter who I'm pushing off to college next year, and that's my, like, number one concern right now. So Yeah, and a good mile marker. Uh, she's a rock star. So yeah, it's kind of cool to watch her transition into that adult world. You know, um, the other day her, her boyfriend picked her up to take her to school and I was like, well, that's my job. No. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, he buys, he gets me Wawa in the morning. (laughs) And I'm like, well, fuck Wawa. I want to hang out with you. I buy you Starbucks, baby. You know? That's right. That's right. So, exactly. Uh, Maria, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and how people can get in contact or follow you? Yeah. Uh, hey, Maria Campbell, the one and only. Uh, but I'm a chef by trade, and uh, people can get a hold of me on our website, uh, which is www.cooksucareinspire.com. My email that I love uh, is chef. M Campbell at gmail.com. And uh, I, I'm on every channel you can think of. Just message me at any Cooks Who Care page or my phone number, uh, text and call. Like chefs at any time get messages. I get I get messaged at like 12 o'clock at night when people are done with work. Right. Um, and, I'm, and I'm on it, you know, like, hey, how are you? How are things? Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty accessible. It's so funny because doing the stuff that I do that is international in some cases and across the country, like I have zero boundaries with time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll be texting, you know, because I, I woke up at 4.15 this morning. I have zero idea why. But I woke up at 4.15 this morning and I was emailing at 4.17. Oh, you know, yeah. like I'm texting people back at, at you know, 4.30 in the morning and so it was, it's kind of funny with that. The chefs are weird, man. We're just a weird oh, group. It's fun. I, I send, I love sending messages on the weekends. I know my hour blocks and when to reach out, like between service, yeah. um, early morning or at night. And a lot of leaders are checking their email like after 1030 PM. And I'll sure. say, I'll send a message just cause I got to get it done. I want to get it out there. And, and I see, I have this receipt that says if it opened or not. And I'm like, every time I send an email after 1030, guess what? It yep. gets opened. Everything gets opened. They're looking at it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So you know? what is cooks who care? 
Yeah. Well, Cook's Who Care has been taking a lot of time to try to understand how we can better help the food industry. You know, my husband's a chef by trade. Um, I know the industry well. I've been in it for over 15 years. Uh, and we are now gearing up to become a well-being concierge for only the food and beverage industry because we take a huge toll on ourselves, our bodies, our mindsets, uh, our lives. We sacrifice a ton. And if you were to ask me a couple of years ago, like, how can I, how can I help people in the food and beverage industry? I would have never said health and wellness. Right. I would have never said that, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people. We've interviewed hundreds of people on our cooks who care YouTube channel, you know, on back of the house, front of the house. You know, a lot of people bitching and complaining about like, oh, it sucks or this is my problem. But when I found out there was always one singular unifying theme, people were saying they're burned out um, and that they felt alone and what they were doing and that they didn't have any support system and people, you know, they're trying as hard as they can. That That's obvious. You know, they're working hard. They're busting their asses. Um, but they didn't know, like, how do I get help? This is just what you do. And I kept right. getting the, this is what it is kind of thing. And I'm like, that's, that's not good. You know, if we're not, you feel by yourself, we're an industry, you know, but we should be acting more like a community. Oh, I totally you know, agree. How, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of our angle so far. I mean, it seems like, you know, it, it's almost like to get into the industry, we need to create an orientation, mm-hmm. you know, like before you start in the industry, there really should honestly be an orientation, you know? Okay. Here's the deal. You're going to make uh, $800 in cash this week. Mm-hmm. We highly suggest that you one declare all of that. Two, you know, I mean, it's like on the financial level, on the wellness level, especially because there's a lot of people that are in this industry that that don't even have insurance. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's a really scary thing. It's 90% of facilities don't even offer it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. According to a study that I read recently and, you know, and it's, I get it. Like the costs are high, it's expensive. And that's really the route we went after is to go, how can I make a low cost option that really can a show your employees that you really give a shit about them and B just not break, not break the bank. You know, so uh, I'm not a health insurance company. I knew we weren't going to go that route. We just said like, Hey, could I, ask people in our community that already have a health and wellness facility in some capacity, whether it was food, fitness, stress relief, or finance, um, could I ask them like, Hey, can you help our community out? Like give a discount, make it super easy for them to sign up to something to take care of the services. And I found they were like, yeah. When I asked them, I, I, I honestly thought it would be a lot more difficult or there'd be more barriers to this, but really the community wants to support their own. And when I say like, Oh, you know, people in the food industry and they're like, yeah, we know that. And they don't even work it. They just know it as like, Oh yeah. Uh, it's hard. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's scary in the fact that it's the, uh, it's, it's a massive industry. It's a huge, I mean, the growth is just unbelievable. I mean, 20 years ago, 22, 25 years ago, we had 900 restaurants in Philadelphia. We have 9,000. Yeah, it's great. You know, I mean, the hospitality industry itself is such a massive growth and we don't act like a real company. 
You know, we don't offer things like, I mean, no, if somebody would have told me when I first got into this industry that I had to create my own savings plan, that I had to get my own insurance, that I had to work nights and weekends, that I had to, you know, I, I mean, there probably would have been a secondary thought, you know, I look at my parents who are retiring, who have retired. My father's passed, but when my parents retired, they had a pension and they had 401ks and, you know, they had all the stuff that, that there are very, very few corporations and almost no independent operators that do anything like that, especially health insurance. Yep. Yep. I mean, absolutely. So how are you guys, what are you guys doing to kind of like, you know, I mean, so I'm a cook who, I don't know, who has a, a, a sciatica. What do I do? I mean, how do I, you know, is there, what, what is it that you guys are offering within that, that world? Yeah, I, I find it fascinating because I had a question, like, how could I offer this kind of service around health and wellness and not be the expert in health and wellness? Is that possible? And I had a meeting at Pure Fair and I invited all these health professionals in different facets, whether it was health coaches and eating or it was fitness um, people or it was uh, people with medicinal health or functional medicine. And I said, I asked them, why is it that it's so difficult for us to take care of ourselves? Like, what are the barriers and how are you helping people? And when I listened to everyone around the table, there's 12 of us you know, at Pure Fair, and, I, and they all showed me that, like, oh, I don't need to be the expert in this. Like, all I need to do is refer people to your expertise because there's a huge trust issue, you know, with our employers and oh, abuse sure. and not taking care of our own. And, um, and if we're building a community of people, I have people that ask me all the time, like, oh, I'm having this issue or I'm depressed or I'm financially struggling. And they're sharing these super honest and, um, things where like my floor is falling out from under me and I have nowhere else to go. And I felt terrible when I couldn't offer a resource like, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so until now. So yeah. now if, you know, I have a uh, fitness, for example, you know, that's in Philadelphia, I am going to these places to figure out what is it that you do? I talked to at least four or five people. They said, that's the place to go. So I walk in, I talk to him and he goes, Oh, I do body architecture. I don't believe in pain medicine. I'm like, perfect. Let's have a conversation. How are you right. doing that? What are, what are you doing here that's different than anywhere else? Because I found out all these fitness instructors actually go here. So I knew that it was trusted and that it was right by um, Hungry Pigeon. So it's in Queens Village. And I was like, I have no idea what this is like. So I constantly put myself in the position of the person being like, I have no idea what this is. Sure. How would I walk in here, you know, hospitality wise? And he did this assessment. Like he showed me how your, your bone alignment and the way you walk. And like, he could tell like, you know, like most of us, our physical ailments, we hunch our shoulders over cause we're used to, you know, hunching over a table or like repetitive motion. He's like, Oh, I got a bunch of chef clients that come in here. And, uh, and I help them with trying to customize this approach. Um, and I think for, for somebody who says like, Oh, I have this issue. Now we can go, you know what? It's a self-discovery process. Like we have this vetted list of a hundred people in our community that focus on four categories of health, the food, fitness, stress, relief, and finance. You find within this vetted community where you want to go. I know that they have answers for you. It may not be the 100% the solution, but you're going to find something. 
Yeah. You know, you're going to find something that connects with you. Now, what brought you to this point? Uh, geez. I think the frustration of seeing so many friends and people in our community, I'm a help giver. It's in my core. If I'm, my sister always says like, Oh, if you want to piss Maria off, tell her that she can't help you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I never thought of it that way. Cause I don't get mad, you know, real easy, but, um, I just felt frustrated with hearing that, oh, the Food Network is painting this problem in the food industry and, you know, they're causing so many of the problems of us not really understanding what's going on behind the scenes. And my question, my follow-up question after that is, like, are we telling them another story? Are we, are we really going a little bit deeper into, you know, what really is going on? Like I have friends who've gotten divorced, you know, have thought about suicide, have gotten addicted to drugs, you know, and got themselves out of it. And, you know, there, this isn't an uncommon story for anyone that any of us know in the industry. Um, and I hate that it is the uh, re repercussion of something that we care so deeply about. Yeah. Like anybody who's in this is in it and they love it. And I hate that the other side of that was as a result for loving this industry, you're going to get this big bucket of shit um, as a result for your sacrifice. Yeah. Thanks for your years of service. Right. Exactly. You know, that, here's that's why here's orthotics yeah. and knee braces and uh, some pills that you're going to need to take to get pain. And I'm going to give you a monthly prescription for cortisone. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a scary thing. And I think I realized it a while back. I mean, I'm going to date it a little bit back to when Bookbinders was, you know, Bookbinders was an iconic restaurant in Philadelphia and it was a union house. You know, this was a group of people who were being taken care of by a union. You know, dishwashers are making $18 an hour and servers who have been there for 15 years are making $25 an hour, you know? Yep. And when they closed the doors they basically handed them a package to fill out for Cobra and they gave them $163 in, in food vouchers, yeah. you know, like, and, and, and I, and cause we've all been, you know, unions were there to take care of the employees. Unions were there to make sure that originally that we had safe work environments, which is what we need in this industry. You know, I mean, we need to have real conversations about the drug abuse, about the alcohol abuse, you know, and people coming to work and working like that. You know, mm -hmm. um, we need to have conversations about, about well-being. We need to have conversations about the importance of sleep. We need to have conversations about the importance of finances. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, we, we, we all get into this industry with this, you know, I, I got into the industry because it was, it was instant gratification for what it is that I did. I cooked, mm -hmm. people liked it, I felt good. I'm not gonna lie, that's what it was. It ultimately turned into a science. I love the science of cooking. It's turned into a huge passion of mine to help people that are struggling within their restaurants, a huge passion to help people become more financial. But I've started to really dig into the cooks, the dishwashers, the chefs, you know, and starting to help educate them. And I've always been so interested in the program that you guys have because nobody does this. Yeah. yeah. There's nobody out there. <laughs> I mean, I've had people laugh in my face being like, Oh, good luck. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. I know I have a challenge ahead of me, but I think if we really look at it of like, how do we take care of our own? You know, we can, we can do a better job. If I were yeah. asking anybody, can we do a better job taking care of people? I'm sure they'd say, yes, that's all I want to do. You know, yeah. it's to say that we can take care of our own better. You know, well, there's, there's a couple of really cool groups that are out there. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of core. Yep. 
children and restaurant They're employees. Amazing. And then I had just Barry Guten, who's a massive ambassador for CORE, um, the guy who owns uh, Cuba Libre. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. There is another group. I was in San Francisco. I was up in Sonoma last week for an event and I had met a woman. Her name is Christy and I'm going to introduce you guys. But what she does is she's basically kind of like a liaison for women in the industry who have been sexually harassed, who are being taken advantage of, who are, you know, in, in odd situations within restaurants that are so prevalent now that we're hearing about. Hopefully it's on the decline. You know, and and I believe it's on the decline because I think that so much awareness has been brought to that. But, you know, here's a woman, you know, this woman started this group after being in the industry for as long as she was and having gone through those situations. And to now it's like you can very simply call up and say, hey, I'm being sexually harassed in this restaurant and I don't have another job and I've got three kids and I need to make sure that I can this. And they're, they're offering everything from counseling to financial support to job assistance. So I'd love to introduce you. I'd love to introduce you guys. I think that there would be a really cool kind of interaction or at least an outcome from that, that I think that you have such a, a passion for it. And I've watched it from afar for a long time. I have, I think we originally met at when you were, you were at art Institute. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really yeah. that first interaction that we had had. And I've always been very interested in you and, and, and what you do. I followed you and, you know, I did research on you and stuff like that because I just thought you were really cool within the industry and, and you have compassion for people that are in it. It's a tough yeah. business, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. And it, it is tough. And it's like there are so many issues that the list is long. That, you know, as much as I deeply love this industry, I'm a little disappointed in our professionalism, you know, Um, I think that like, again, like we can just do better. And I think that the behaviors that were accepted before, I'm so grateful that so many people are speaking up and so many men are advocating for different changes too, which I think is the single uh, one of the single most things that needs to be done, that it's not a women's issue, it's not this issue, it is It is our uniting together to say, you know, we we don't, we should not behave this way. You know, yeah. if, if we consider ourselves professionals, which I consider so many of us to be, um, I think that we got to check ourselves a little bit and just say like, hey, I don't know, maybe I should, I could have done that differently. Um you know, because safety is the number one thing that people need when they go to work. I don't want to have to be passionate about what I do and then worried about what's going to happen to me today. Someone's going to harass me or say something to me or, you know, whatever. Like we all should be uplifting each other. Like, yeah. Hey, it was a great service. Like you're kicking butt on this station. Like, you know, I got into this cause I wanted to be better at what I did and I would do anything to, to make sure that my, my station or my, my area or this task I was being given was done to the best of my ability. Right. Not to worry if I walk in a walk-in, is someone going to walk in behind me and abuse that situation? Sure. You know, so that, that to me, like, I think this is the era for it to be different. And that I'm excited about, you know, well, that it, it's a new era. I think that one of the biggest things to have happened was was not only the conversation about it, but I think that the fact of the amount of women that are in this industry and in charge has made a huge difference in that. A huge difference. You know, I, I mean, it's first off, I mean, for me personally, 
I, I love having women in the kitchen. I think that it makes, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's, it, there's, there's a different level of professionalism that comes from a woman. And I'm not trying to say it in, that, that it, there's not a level of professionalism in men or any of that. Let's anybody who knows me, let's not, don't even go there with me. But for <laughs> me, I think that there's such a different level of professionalism, a level of pride of the work that comes out that, that I, I love having women working in kitchens. I always have. I really do love it. And, and I'm so glad to see that the shift has changed, that there are that many more women that are now showing up in kitchens, you know, that are back mm-hmm. there and high end kitchens, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. very, very high end kitchens. There's a lot of really great work that's being done out there. And I think that the dynamic of the kitchen itself has changed so much from the conversations that are being had and from people saying, hold back off for a second. That's wrong. That's not, this is not the game that we play. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to see. I'm, I'm pretty happy yeah. with it. And the amount of yeah, like no. in, in Philadelphia alone with the women that we have in kitchens. I mean, you look at Jen Carroll, you look at Marcy Turney, you know, just two people mm-hmm. right off the bat. We've got some pretty dynamic things that are happening in Philadelphia under the tutelage of, of these amazing women chefs. Oh, absolutely. I so agree. Where did you, I mean, where did you start? What, what, what was your initial, like, where, what did you, what got you to the point that you were like, I, I want to be a chef? Um, I, I didn't know it right away. I knew I wanted to do something creative and, you know, I had a, a poor upbringing, uh, being from like upstate New York. And I just thought like, oh, every career, like you have to have money to do that. You know, or uh, that kind of was my mindset, like going into school. And uh, I found a culinary program at Dal High College in the Catskills because I'm from upstate New York area, uh, like Rochester, Buffalo. And uh, I thought, oh gosh, I need to move. I need to be away and find myself. I loved college time. Like even when you're talking about your daughter, it was definitely a self discovery period for me. Sure. Um, but when I went to college, I remember I'm like, this is the place. It's beautiful. It's secluded. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll find out if this is what I want to do. And I got time. I was 17. I graduated a little bit early, but um, I was young getting started in school. So I was like 17, not quite 18 because I had a November birthday. Um, so it's like, how are you supposed to have it all figured out at, at that time in your life? You don't know. You know, and right. even, I no. didn't know then. you know, um, but I'll tell you what, it was, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of like positive reinforcement because I, I grew up in a, in a dysfunctional home, parents divorced, but it was ugly kind of thing. Um, but so I didn't have like, Oh, this, like you're talking about the instant gratification, never had it. So when I had found like, Oh, I have a, a chef advisor who's working with me and saying, he looked at me with like dead seriousness, like, Oh, well you can do that. And, and just these like little affirmations that weren't said by me, but by someone else when I kept trying my hardest and you hear that like, hey, you're doing great at work. Like, oh, well, maybe I am good at this. You know, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. Um, and, and, uh, as the time went, I was super competitive with the American Culinary Federation because I said, well, this is my opportunity. I'm paying for school myself. I need to get out there, um, working in restaurants, uh, a little bit, uh, here and there, but I was really trying to compete after school to like hone my trade, get my nice skills up, like, um, work with a team, make more fine dining food and try out different things and learn a scaffier. Like that was 
at the time, you know, the focus. And um, I, I spent a lot of time and energy where most people were partying and whooping it up. Um, I knew that I had a little more in the game as far as this is a huge, I don't know another word for it, but it's just a huge opportunity for me and I can't fuck this up, you know? Yeah. And sure. uh, if I'm going to figure this out, I got to do it now. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up uh, competing and trying out for the uh, American Culinary Federation um, Youth Olympic team because you got to work with the master chefs and travel abroad. And that was my my big fuel. Like, oh, I could win to go travel in Europe. I mean, where, where you grow up in a small town where there's more cows than people. <laughs> like, I, I get sure. so excited. I'm like, wow, I get to see another culture. This will be be amazing um i definitely did not belong where i was from where i was originally from like right. definitely an outlier in that but uh but yeah i ended up meeting my husband that way who who i mentioned as a chef by trade scott um and i thought i lost an opportunity to win to compete because my team and another team in michigan and pennsylvania restaurant school got chosen to compete at, as the final three and um it wasn't like first second third place to my dismay, we competed in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, I didn't win. You know, I, right. my husband's team did now. He's my husband. Oh, um, spoiler alert. Uh, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, I got called like three months later. I thought my life is over. I tried everything I could, and then all of a sudden I get a phone call from the chef, uh, Chef Ed Leonard at the time at um, Westchester Country Club which was number 11 in the U S at that time was like, Hey, I saw your work. Cause I was the captain of my team and Scott was the captain oh, wow. of his. And they're like, come work out here. Like, I'd love to have you in our apprenticeship program. And I'm like, Oh really? That's really <laughs> okay. cool. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And so I, I actually got to watch the team train and then work there and do rounds person, uh, tasks, like where I got to work everywhere in the club and I learned a ton. So, it was a it was a great opportunity that you don't see for yourself, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, it happens. So, so then, and and, then, and and how how so when did you end up at Art Institute? Uh, it was probably about maybe four or five years after that experience. I did a catering company for a little while, um, got married, stuff like that. But it was. The Art Institute was like, oh, I thought I was going to do that way after I've worked up in the ranks. Right. Um, but I was assistant coaching teams and coaching students. Uh, oh, yeah. And people always saw me as like, oh, Maria's a good teacher. Right. And I, I, honestly, it's one of my favorite things, mentoring, you know, teaching, providing opportunities for people because I feel that's what was done for me. Right. I would not be where I am right now if anyone didn't advocate for me. And so I feel that it's a big circle that you got to, you got to give back in that. Um, and the art Institute offered me a job and I was like, Oh, I thought I'd do this like much later in life. Um, but I, you know, I was seen in a different way as, as far as teaching and lecturing. And I, I loved fresh starters or people that were changing careers. Like I just like connecting with people. Right. And what, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and that's the thing I, you know, I, I saw you the other night. I'm not going to mention that we were at karaoke, um, <laughs> but it, and it was just good to see you. And I kept, cause I, I have, I have a list of guests and I have a wish list of guests and you've been on my list uh, on my wish list for probably the last two years. 
And it's like, you know, and I'm always, I'm constantly adding, you know, adding people in there or removing people that I've already interviewed. And so it was so funny because I keep talking to my assistant and I'm like, we got to get Maria Campbell on. We've got to get Maria Campbell on. I want to get Maria Campbell on. Reach out to Maria Campbell. And then all of a sudden when I saw her the other night, I went back to the bar and I, I stopped what I was doing and I immediately texted her and said, get Maria Campbell on right now. Like send the email, get it done. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm probably going to be drunk in 20 minutes. Let's get, you know, let's make sure that we get her on. So, and I'm really glad we did. I mean, I think that there's so much because I, I, I'm so intrigued by what it is that you do and what you have done and to turn all of that into, you know, cooks who care is such a big thing because I really, there's nobody, there, nobody's doing that. Nobody's really taking care of the employees, especially the, 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 the owners, yeah. you know, and the operators. I mean, if you think about it, your the business runs because people are in there, but we don't take care of the people that are in there. Exactly. Like Cooks Who Care is actually doing an award um, that is including people into what they do with their food and beverage program. Yeah. I think it's amazing that we, you know, the James Beard nominations and all the award ceremonies that happen is AHA was selected as the best restaurant in America. Philly is represented. Love it. Right. I have mad respect for people that really hone in on their craft to to execute this amazing service. Right. What I want to feature is people who also say, you know what, we've put all that energy into our food programs, our food and beverage programs, but I want to highlight people that are saying like, you know what, I'm also, in addition to this, I am making sure this is a proactive plan. I give breaks to people. We, we right. highlight them. We give them opportunities. I'm telling them take a vacation, which will soon be mandatory uh, for people to be able to take, um, you know, and what what we really need to do is to say we can figure it out. Like yeah. we're very creative, we're flexible people who have have reacted in moments of high stress and solved problems, right? right. And multiple, so instead, multiple, multiple problems. And you know we're always being reactive to a situation. I have so much deep respect for people that can be like, I can answer that. Oh, oh, I, I can do that. Here's what we do. You yeah. know, and we go down the list, but. If you, if you thought about it and you're like, well, Terry, you know, is looking like she's exhausted. You know, maybe it's because, you know, I haven't really given her a day off in two weeks and I haven't paid attention to it because we just, we're missing holes and we can't figure this out. And, right. you know, we're down staff members and we're always focused on the areas of what we don't have, but we need to focus on what we do have. Right. And we got to cultivate those people because they're your bread and butter. They're, they're making that happen for you. They're actually making and the bread and butter in reality. They're actually making the bread and butter. <laughs> that was my cheesiness Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I love it. I'm all about it. I love it. Yeah, that's it. And, and we need to, I want to I wanna uplift and rec publicly recognize people who care about their restaurant employees yeah. in those ways. Maybe they're doing something cool that we don't know about. I want to learn about it. And I want to go, hey, if you be the example for everyone else. You know, tell us how you're doing it differently, or maybe you don't think about it in that way, but we're not proactively thinking this way. Right. You know, um, so two, I think it's important to acknowledge. Two years ago, I was at, uh, I was at the James Beard Awards and I'm sitting in there and I'm listening to, you know, all the awards are being given out and, and Andrew Zimmern got up and I have this recorded somewhere. 
I don't know where it is. It's probably on my phone. I have no idea. But he gave a brilliant speech. And the speech really started with, we need to, it's, it's, he said, you know, it's great that I'm up here and I'm glad that I'm up here and I appreciate that I'm up here. He said, but when are we going to thank the guys that are back there and the girls that are back there? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're constantly giving awards to chefs for, you know, whatever it is. I mean, look, Zahav is, is the number one restaurant in the country. Does, does, does that restaurant deserve it? I fully agree that it does. I think that it's mm-hmm. for the fact that we have a restaurant in Philadelphia that is now the number one restaurant in the country that is an Israeli restaurant is speaking yeah. volumes about what it is that this country is actually eating at this point. We're eating better. Mm-hmm. We're eating healthier products. We're eating more creative ingredients. We're opening up our minds and our palates. But we as operators have to really start to acknowledge the people that are doing the job, the people that are washing yep. the dishes and peeling the carrots and making the mashed potatoes. And we never yep. do that. And Zimmern was a, gave a brilliant speech about it. And uh, Bourdain was another a huge proponent for, you know, uh, taking care of the people that are operating the restaurants. Yep. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we we so often it's easy to treat a nine dollar guy like shit when he's washing mm-hmm. the dishes and you're throwing dirty dishes at them. And, you know, I've always said, hey, let's be careful of the way that we're putting this in or, you know, there's no reason for you to throw this plate over there. Place it, scrape it and plate it, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and place it down. And and I think that a lot of especially in this day and age where we are so much more aware of the employee situation that we have right now. We've treated employees like shit for years upon years. Why are we, you know, and now we have more restaurants than we ever have. So I think it's so important to have a, a group like cooks who cares out there to be a voice for people and a location for people to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing how all these other, like, again, awareness is coming up. People are speaking up and saying, hey, notice this. Um, you know, I think, too, we have a lot of biases and assumptions about people who work with us and for us that we may say, like, hey, you know, oh, that person didn't show up. Oh, they're lazy. Well, have we actually found out, like, maybe they're struggling with transportation or they don't really have the means to get paid enough and they're working three or four jobs and maybe they overslept and because the, the third job they were at work at 2 o'clock at night, they didn't plan for it and they needed to be in for an early shift the next day. Like, I don't think that we're getting to the to the core of it when we're saying hey maybe actually if i paid that person a little bit more and i know it's hard you know but if you actually thought about it and you say that person is a dedicated person to this place what can i do to help better support them so that they help drive what we're trying to do which is run a business right. and i get that you know we got to run a profitable bottom line and the margins are low but it, you can't tell me that there's nothing we can do sure. so that's when i thought you know what? Cooks Who Care needs to provide alternatives and then people can make those choices. You I, know, um, yeah. I, th- I think that there's also, you know, there, there needs to be something said for the fact that we are, we're, that they're our, our employees where they work for us and they work with us, but they're not our slaves. You know, mm-hmm. to post, I see way too many restaurant owners and, and managers and chefs that post a schedule Sunday night for Monday. You know, that that I'm closing every Friday and Saturday night and I made a lot of changes within the companies that I work with and within my own properties where, you know, schedules are done two weeks in advance. 
I never mm-hmm. have the same guy or girl closing Friday and Saturday night. Like you get out of here at nine o'clock Saturday night because you closed on Friday, you know, mm-hmm. because it gives yeah. you an opportunity to say, you know, here's Maria Campbell, who is, you know, the chef of the restaurant and she's, you know, you're married. Well, it's a horrible mm-hmm. existence to never be able to go out with your husband on a Friday night because it's 1145 when you get out. Yeah. You know, and yeah. what are you doing at 1145 anyway? You're not going out for a quality meal. You're going out for drinks. You're going out to do something like that. So we're just fueling the fire more and more because mm-hmm. we don't actually give people. And I noticed within my world that it really changed the dynamic of my staff mm-hmm. because they knew that they were going to have a life outside of what they were doing. I busted my ass and I now have managers who bust their asses to get that schedule up two weeks before. So you really know what you're doing and where you're going. And it starts with little tiny things like that because your employees are going to have a better time coming to work knowing that they're not just a slave who's making 12 or 13 or 14 dollars an hour. Yeah, and that you consider that they need to plan for their life, that they have a life outside of work. And that's important to you just by making the schedule shows that. Right? Yeah. Or even hiring multiple managers for one position so you can rotate your staff more effectively. Right. I find that people think like, oh, I need the flex worker. And they're thinking about the couple of bucks that they're going to save like per hour. But then when you think about it, you're constantly rotating through that station and constantly needing to search people. If you have a budget for it, you plan for it ahead of time. You know, you know what? This actually needs two managers and I can have both of them rotate between each other. Everyone's happy. And you know how much it costs you all year long. Yeah. Plan for it. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I have a lot of restaurants right now that are actually closing on Monday and Tuesday. Like they're closing on Monday and Tuesday because, and, and one of my, one of my guys did it. He's like, I don't hit overtime. He's like, I don't have those two days of revenue, but they're my slowest days anyway. You know, so I don't have those days of revenue. There's, you know, everybody, they're cleaning the hell out of the restaurant on Sunday. They're rotating through product. You know, they're really maximizing. And in reality, a lot of these places have a lower food cost because one, they're buying less product, but they're utilizing it Mm -hmm. at such a a higher rate and a better fashion. And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, and I look at the staff and they're refreshed when they come back into work. You know, they're happier Mm -hmm. when they're coming in because they know I have a full-time job. Plus I have off on Monday and Tuesday, you know, so it's kind of a neat thing to work it out that way. I love it. And now I've even been reading fine dining lovers that some of these like Michelin star restaurants are actually only open three days a week. You know, I mean, I think we were in a time where we had to be a hundred percent accessible to the customer. And now we're realizing that, you know, that's not sustainable. And like you were saying, it kind of makes more sense you know, to consolidate and conserve and it's actually better operationally. It's, it's 10 times better operationally. I mean, for me, I see it like as a chef, I, I, I really do look at the quality of the food and what am I, you know, am I really going to be, I've gotten a product in on Friday. I close on Sunday. I don't open up again until Tuesday, you know, so I'm looking at a five day timeline, but I've worked with some really good chefs who we've really been able to rotate product and, and be able to execute it at a much higher fashion, you know, because we're really dialing it in. You know, we work off of protein counts and we work off of item usage reports. We really track what it is that we sell on a week to week basis, which in turn makes our staff happier. Plus it drops more money to the bottom line. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. by being that much more organized and, you know, you as a chef, you're younger than I am, but, you know, you've gone through and you've seen ranks of everything happen. And 
I'm finding, and I keep talking about this, it's a regular theme that we have these older chefs, older chefs being 35, 40, 45, and 50 who are, Mm -hmm. are, are bucking the technology, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a chef, I create, I'm a chef, I create, I don't check emails. You know, I don't do this inventory this way. I don't, I don't have to sit down and look at an invoice. I create food and it's becoming a huge problem because nobody's actually teaching anybody on top of that, the financials of running the business. We've got kids that are graduating culinary school and their parents are saying, okay, well, here's a hundred thousand dollars for you to open up your own place as a graduation present. Having never mm-hmm. worked for anybody before, having never having never have understanding the finances other than how to cost a recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that we're we're creating a less educated system of employees. Where with my chefs, I say, look, spend one hour a week, walk over to your fry guy, put your phone down, stand next to him for an hour mm-hmm. on a Friday night, so that every item, every order that comes in, you show him how to make that order. You show them how to present it, how to plate it, three pieces of chive, seven wings, whatever it is. You know, I mean, spend that time with them and that goes so far. Somebody will work 45 hours and not complain or 50 hours or 55 or 60 and not complain about it if they're getting something out of it other than just mm-hmm. enough. And yeah. I don't see that that much anymore. And that's scary to me. Yeah. And I think, too, like, we're always, like, knocking it down. Like, well, you can't do that until you've peeled all these vegetables first because that's what I did. And um, and I get that. Like, I, I have incredible respect for people that have paved the way differently. Yes. But isn't it when we have a generation that says, like, don't you want the next generation to have it easier than you did? It's just like your children. Like, I don't want them to have the same struggles I had to know what it's like to live life. They don't have to to do that. I I would hope that we are all trying to create other opportunities that do make it easier and that they can carry through their passion and that it, it means it's meaningful work. It has a purpose, not, you know, well, go to the station and like peel all these potatoes. You're, you're never going to move up until you do this. Now I get that, but it's the way we talk about it. We don't talk about like, well, reverse how you frame it. When you start here, this is possible for you to work up here rather than being like, no, 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 no. Go to the bottom first and work your way up. It's not a ladder anymore, you know? And, And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't peel vegetables. It's really important, you know, but I think it's the framing context that we tell people, this is where you belong that I have a problem with. And I'm like, well, you know, we could say it differently. We could say like, yeah, this is a part of it. This is a component, but you're here to work, to work and no station is beneath you, you know, or something, I don't know, you know? I I mean, Um, I I think, I think that we, we have to change the way that we engage with our employees. We have to give them something. And I don't just mean, I don't mean a bonus because a lot of times it's, it's really not even about the money. You know, they, I, something that I've heard and, and it's rung so loudly in my ears for years, people don't quit a job, they quit people. You know, I mean, I was, I was one of the, you know, I was one of those kids who, you know, work there until you feel that you've learned everything you can and then take off, you know, so Mm -hmm, I job mm -hmm. hopped, I job hopped from year to year to year, working here, working there, working here, working there. And, and I, my education was the restaurant school, 
You know, I taught myself what I needed to know further on because I graduated school. I was a sous chef. I worked for an asshole. I became the chef. You know, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the direction that I took. And then I was a chef for years after that. So everything that I've learned, I kind of taught myself. But in this day and age, we're just, if you just engage with your employees on a different level, you know, the simple fact of, hey, how are you when they walk in through the front door? Or, hey, I noticed you that you've got a pretty heavy prep going on on your station today. Give me 20 minutes and I'll be right over there to bang out some caramelized onions with you. Like, that's our fucking job. You know, our job Mm -hmm. is to make sure that our staff are set up and that they're ready to go as opposed to, oh, it's 530. You don't have potatoes on the stove yet. You're fucked. No, we're all fucked. Yeah, exactly. You you know, there's so much responsibility that's placed and and we expect these people to do it for a low pay rate at the same time as we expect them to do it, you know, with with less respect. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that respect Mm -hmm. goes so far. So. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. I know. It, that's why, like, I'm really excited because this year is our first, like, live touch point to get our community members together. We're hosting a break-on-through event, to, and it's to wellness. Because I know people don't think about that for themselves, but I'm super proud that um, Elizabeth Faulkner has, has assisted wow. us. Adam Lamb from FoodWorks is coming up to kind of talk about, you know, some of the challenges with our with our industry, but with solutions. Like, we're, we're trying to create a movement to show that their peers care about them, that employers do care about these issues and provide a way where they can experiment with finding their fit, like maybe an exercise they want to start getting into on their day off, or they need to start planning for cooking at home, like when they're not working, or how do I bring like nutritious meals with me if I am working six days this week? How do I make sure I keep my energy up? And, you know, and financial tips. That was something we tested, and I didn't know that people were really... I knew that, hey, I'm broke, you know, but I didn't know that everyone was really struggling with like, oh, I need some financial advice because like you were mentioning earlier about the cash and planning for this pay rate. We just do it for passion and hope for the best. And we don't realize that we become homeless, you know, within a short period of time because we don't know how to manage our money well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's a really big way that I want people to connect directly live with the people who care about them and they can see and find out for themselves that this is a new time and that Philly is stepping up to the plate to say, we can do this differently and we're doing this together. Yeah. Have you, have you heard about it? Uh, there's a great app out there called stash. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. It's a cool little app where you can take, there's two different ones that I use and that I started to talk to a lot of employees about. One is called Stash. The other one is called Acorns. Acorns takes all of your purchases that you make with your credit cards, debit cards, whatever, and it will round it up to a number that you think is appropriate. So if you think that every time that you you, you use your credit card and it hits 85 or above, it'll automatically ring it up to the, to the next dollar amount. So basically, I'm getting 15 cents on every single purchase that I make. Once it hits a certain mm-hmm. number, it rolls it over into a stock. Mm. And then there's another one that's called Stash, which I really started to talk to employees about. And I'm like, look, you take $5 a week, $5 out of your paycheck a week, one beer you take out of your paycheck a week and you drop it into this Stash account and it automatically invests it into little things. Like right now, my daughters own more marijuana stock and Lyft stock than they could ever imagine, you know, because I, I, you know, I mean, look. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chef who started in, you know, I graduated culinary school in 1995. 
you know, any, I, I mean, I'll just say it out loud, Mike, you know, my, my college fund for my kids funded divorce and custody, you know? So the stuff mm-hmm. that I've done for my girls over the last 10 years has been super aggressive to try to get some money set aside for them that now they have their own accounts, you know, that they're really aggressive paying attention to that and watching it. And, you know, hey, dad, did you hear about this? We're having conversations about stocks that they're seeing on their on their reports. And that it, that and think about it in the restaurant industry. You know, you're a server, you're walking, which you're not walking out with as much cash as you used to because everything's on credit cards now. You know, mm-hmm. so and you're being declared, everything's being declared and it's it's a scary situation. But I started to talk to a lot of new restaurants that I open and I get them to sign up right there. I'm like, just sign up for it. It costs you nothing to sign up. In fact, if you use my code, you get five bucks just for signing up. You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so many opportunities to get some of these 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 little stupid things like a purchase that you're going to make anyway. When you go to the store yeah. and you buy, you know, your groceries for the week. You know, it automatically mm-hmm. rounds it up. And, and I started to tell a lot of restaurant employees about it. And, you know, I have people now like, chef, I got 500 bucks in an account, man. You know, because I yeah. dropped money away for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, and, and, and because it's a scary thing. We all work our asses off. We start really young. Yep. We get our paycheck. It goes into the bank if we're lucky. Back then it wasn't yep. a direct deposit <laughs> situation. You would go to a bank and cash your check and now you're walking around with $500 in your pocket. All right. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest things. That and health insurance is so massive. But I agree yeah. with you. I think that wellness, that taking care of your body, that education about that is so important, so unbelievably and, important. Yeah, and think they're actually more productive at work. You sure. know? So like putting this as a priority and helping them, because as a culture, we're saying, no, you haven't made it until you've worked 80 hours this there, week exactly. and you've depleted your energy. And like we got a role reverse that's be like, actually, you're not as productive if you didn't take a break today. And hopefully you got enough rest because we're going to work right. hard this week. And you're going to see that energy change. Like right. Laka Laka Felice, like here in um, near the art museum district, like they really prioritize that there. No matter what their staff is doing, he's like, I want to make sure they're getting fit. They feel great. And he goes, I'm the example of that. The, the, you know, I've been talking to those guys over there and they're like, I believe in it. It's been a new mantra for me. I didn't want to be using drugs. I didn't want to be using other means. Like I need to take care of myself. And therefore I said, well, my staff needs to do the same, you know, and, and actually they're going to be more productive for it. And they have, so there's, there's tons of data on it, but where is there a wellness program for restaurants in the food industry? It doesn't exist. It doesn't you know, yeah, until now, right? Yeah, until now, <laughs> exactly. It's funny. I've, I've, uh, I start off whenever I open restaurants or whenever I start that opening team, or even when I go into pre meals now, when I go into locations and I do evaluations, I always do a pre meal with the staff and kind of explain why it is that I'm there and what I'm, what I'm here to do and how my, what I'm doing is going to benefit the restaurant and staff and everybody else. And I start off this whole thing with just a breathing exercise. The simple fact of just stopping for a couple of minutes and taking a couple of breaths and releasing any of the bullshit that's in there, what we, you know, what we all hear now within mindfulness is releasing that which no longer serves us, you know, and I do that all the time. I've done it in restaurants where, you know, when I had my restaurant in Philadelphia two years ago and I was on the road for three months straight, the restaurant turned into a really negative location. The chef was being, was pissed off all the time and taking it out on the staff. And, and I walked in and I just said to the whole staff, I apologize. 
I should have been here. I should have been here with you guys to help you through this time. You know, and there was a huge change within that time frame. I made sure that, you know, again, staff was having a life outside of what it is that we're doing. This is not their life. It's a job. When you go to a regular mm-hmm. job, you work, you walk in at nine o'clock and you leave at five. This is a different job. It takes a different kind of person. But we still need to treat people with respect and give them a life. Yeah. Yeah. So and just and to credit them that that's important because they're working for us. I mean, the best right. employers that I've ever heard that people keep going back, like say they left for a little while, they tried something else, they end up going back to the location that took care of them the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so absolutely. like a someone like Tom McCrina in this area who used to work at the Desmond hotel is now with us foods. Like everybody would talk about going back to his place. And I say, why, why is it that you feel you want to come back here? I mean, it's years that you've worked here. Why would right. you go back there? And, and they say, well, he, if I have a funeral, I have a wedding. He gives me off. Isn't that a sight, right? Like that's how crazy thing. is that? Off oh when you God. ask for it. That's the reason why it was consistent. Like I can come back and he would take me or, you know, and he didn't care what was going on. Or even if we had a a falling out before, like you could feel that energy. And I told him one time that, you know, I'm like, do you know people feel that way about you? I I don't think you do Uh, because real guys don't express themselves that way. But, you know, he didn't really know. He's like, oh, well, it's just what I do. I think it's important. Yeah. You know? It's a big play. I mean, and and it's nice to see that some of the younger, like here we are. How old are we? Jesus, this is. I feel like we're like you know oh old God. people sitting on a bench talking about the oh, the glory days, but it's so great <laughs> to see you know the younger genre, the chefs that are coming out now that are engaging in teaching. You know, I do feel yeah. that they are teaching now. They're teaching they're teaching technique and stuff like that. I still find that through my travels that people aren't discussing operations. People aren't yeah. discussing finances. They're not saying, okay, here's what our budget is. Here's what our par is. This is a, yeah. you know, this is, this is, you know, what our goal is to hit this week with our food cost. And, you know, I mean, and, and you, I'm sure have seen it as well, but through my, my, my processes of hiring, I look at resumes and I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. Mm-hmm. The amount of mm-hmm. executive chef, quote unquote, that are out there that don't understand how many, you know, I say, okay, what kind of volume were you guys doing? And their response is, well, we do about 125 covers a night. Okay, well, let's talk about the finances. How much were you spending on food? Well, the owners don't discuss that with me. Well, what were your yeah. sales on a daily basis? Well, the owners don't discuss that with me. Well, you're not an executive mm-hmm. chef, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that I see where people are just dying to have a title and dying to utilize a title. And in reality, what they want is a business card and a jacket with their name on it but they don't want the responsibility that comes along with that. And we have to change that with a lot of the young, the generation that's coming up now because these guys are seeing TV and they're just anticipating that's what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to be on shop and then I'm going to win $10,000 and open my own restaurant. Yeah. And then empower them on the business side, because there is that like, uh, you know, they don't want to reveal the confidentiality. They don't want to reveal stuff. But I, I feel like if they did, they would take more ownership. Sure. They're already, you know, calling the maintenance guy when something's broken and heck they're in the oven trying to fix why it's broken, you know, but we're not sharing them the bottom line numbers like so that they can know how to handle their performance. Um, there's not enough training on the business side. 
know, for sure. I fully agree. And I mean, part my stuff, which I really want to talk to you as well about, um, you know, I'm involved in a, I'm on the board for the nightclub and bar show. It's the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. It's an amazing program that we're in the process of changing and uh, because we're turning it into a much more educational series because, uh, you know, for over the last five years that I've been on the board, six years that I've been on the board, my conversations with people as I travel are, have you ever been in a nightclub and bar show? Yes. What was your takeaway is one of the things that I ask people. And they all say, man, what a great party. I had so much fun. And over the last two to three years, I've seen this massive shift into, I learned so much by watching this. I learned so much from being in this class or seeing how it is that you do that. And I think that Uh I'd love to, in some way, maybe it's get you in as a speaker or bring you out there to have you kind of check out the show and see what goes on and find a niche for you guys, maybe get you a booth. I mean, I think that there's something that's so empowering for you guys, what you're doing for the industry. I've loved to watch it over the last couple of years. I love the YouTube videos that you guys do and the forums that you put up. And I think that it's really important. And I try to push people to your stuff. So I I applaud you and your husband for what it is that you guys are doing. Yeah, I'm not going to give up. And I think I, I think that if anyone would say, oh, Maria, she's persistent, (laughs) for sure. Um, And I appreciate those compliments because uh, I think that it's important enough for us to do it. And, and hey, you know, the restaurants aren't just competing with restaurants, like they're competing for staff from grocery stores, you know, and like. The quality of life people are seeking, and since we're getting those pulls away from it, like we gotta pull them back, and we gotta give them like a hug in a sense to say like, oh, I care about you, and not a physical way. This is these are some things I can do for you. I want to hook you up. Like we should be hooking them up. Absolutely, that's a great way to. I like that that we should be hooking everybody up. We should be. We should be hooking them up with information. We should be hooking yeah. them up with outlets. We should be hooking them up with, you know, I don't want to hook you up by giving you a beer at the end of the night. I'd rather hook you up by saying, hey, here's my chiropractor. You might want to go check him out. He offers yeah. a 25 or 30% discount to restaurant employees. You know, yeah. I mean, and I think those are the types of things that that we really need to tap into and we need to ask questions because I didn't worry about my, having health benefits when I first started in this industry. It wasn't something that I thought about. You know, I tripped down a flight of stairs. I hurt myself. That sucked. I had to get back to work. Yeah. You know, now I'm getting cortisone shots in my feet every quarter. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I talk to guys all the time. I'm like, hey, look, I'm going to offer you a suggestion. It's July in Philadelphia and you're drinking Coke. Why don't you get mm-hmm. yourself a glass of water, brother? Trust me. Yeah. yeah. In that yeah. fact, get yourself a bottle of water. You know, take a break for 15 minutes and go outside and sit down or go sit in the walk in or, you know, take an opportunity to go do that. Let's bring out bottles of water. Guys, let's get bottles of water for everybody in the kitchen. Like, you know, um, I mean, I'm the guy who leaves the restaurant and buys the, the, the kitchen around the beers for the end of the night. Like those mm-hmm. are the types of things that I think that we need to we need to to offer up as information and accolades and and thanks because it's a thankless industry. A lot of the time. A lot. A lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. You're right. So, Uh, Well, Maria, I want to thank you so much for hopping on. I really do. Um, Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do again, and how people can get in contact um, with your organization of Cooks Who Care? 
Yeah, my name is Maria Campbell. I'm a chef by trade and founder of Cooks Who Care. Uh, people can find us on www.cookswhocareinspire.com because that's what we seek to do. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, people can connect with me with Chef M. Campbell and uh, send me direct messages. And we got a really cool event coming up on June 4th uh, with the Bynum Brothers at South Jazz uh, Restaurant, Kitchen, and Green Soul. And uh, I'm so excited to really initiate how we can hook up other people to well-being benefits um, and getting our Philly area excited about how we can take better care of our staff members. I love it. Maria, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, thank you. So, I, um, I love that. Uh, all the love you share. Well, if there's anything that I can ever do for you guys, please don't hesitate to ask. I'd love to get involved in some way. And I think we have the same beliefs and stuff. And I think that we have the same understanding about what's going on out there. And we need to make a change. Yeah. So, I want you to come. Come out June 4th. Uh, if I'm home, I will be there. I'll make sure that we get out. Uh, can you send me some information on it real quick? And I'll, uh, I'll make sure it gets into my calendar. You got it. All right, lady. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, go have a good day. Enjoy Philly. It's warming yeah. up. <laughs> Thanks. You too. You got it. Thanks. So, uh, Maria Campbell, pretty awesome. Uh, I have, like I said, followed uh, Maria and her journey uh, for what she's doing over the last bunch of years, and I really enjoy uh, what it is that she does. You know, I don't think that there's uh, there's just not enough people out there that are really taking care of our, our industry and our employees and what happens. You know, there needs to be a, uh, a global site where people can go. And so whoever wants to create this rock and roll, but we need to find a way to get, you know, look, uh, restaurant employees would do, would do, uh, you know, 10 times better if they just stopped to see a chiropractor, got adjusted before they made it into the restaurant. You know, little things like that are preventative maintenance that are going to keep your employees a little bit bigger and better and healthier moving, fo- moving forward. You know, if you're, you know, they talked about, there was an unbelievable documentary that was done where they were talking about uh, the Egyptians and the fact that these Egyptians were working um, so hard to build the pyramids and they started to find after digging and digging and, you know, archaeological digs and excavating and whatnot, they started to find these massive plots of land that were dedicated to farming so that they could create and generate enough food to treat the workers really well, to make sure that they were fed, to make sure that their wellness was there, that the well-being, because look, if I'm building a fucking pyramid and I feel like shit that day and I'm hungover and I've got a bad back and my feet are swollen because I worked at double the day before and I did a clopin the day before that and all the other shit, I'm not going to be a really good, uh, 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 what am I looking for? Pyramid builder. Okay. And they were saying that the Egyptians really kind of set the standard for the way that those employees, quote unquote employees, even though they were slaves, but in reality, they weren't really slaves. They were working for the benefit of the Pharaoh, which was that belief that they had of giving that their time and their energy to the Pharaoh, that the women and children were back at the homes. They were the ones preparing the meals for everybody. They were taking care of those people. Look, to build this one of the, you know, some of the seven wonders of the world, you got to take you got to you got to treat people really well to put a great burger out we should treat people really well
So, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for this week. I want to thank Maria Campbell for hopping on and discussing all that she does with Cooks Who Care. Go to cookswhocareinspired.com. You can donate there. You can get information there. It's a really, really great thing that she's doing. And I, I, I hope that this takes off because it's something that's really important for me. It's really something that's important for the industry and what we're doing to move forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with Duffified Live this week. Go and give us some reviews. Tell us what you think. Go to iTunes. Go look up the podcast, subscribe, and tell people what to do. Tell us what you want to see. Let us know. Give us some good stars. Let us see what happens. The boys down there at RadioInfluence.com are pretty awesome. You got a podcast? Go talk to Jerry and Jason. They're out of Tampa, Florida. They've got recording studios in Tampa and St. Pete's. Not saying you got to go down there because these guys were, are they're, they're mobile, baby. These guys are technologically savvy and ready to rock and roll and to put your information out there in a podcast form. Go to RadioInfluence.com, hit contact, tell those boys you want to talk to them, and guess what? You never know what happened. You too could be an internet sensation and have your own podcast. Next, I want to thank Maggie Gagliardi, who does all of our graphic design. She does all of the promo pieces out there. That's at Mags Art, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. She is an unbelievable individual with a tremendous amount of talent in her fingertips. I want you to check her out. Then, Michelle out there at Techno Solutions, she does all of the websites for us. She does all of my menus. She is a brilliant person, and I'm really glad that she's in my corner. So, ladies and gentlemen, get out there to Techno Solutions and check that out as well. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, boys and girls. Go and take care of your employees be nice to them today thank them for coming in throw them an extra buck give them a pizza party for god's sakes let them know that you appreciate them they're going to work harder for you man i promise you have a great day didn't get duffified enough follow chef brian duffy on facebook and on twitter at chef b-r-i-d-u-f-f look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 